1: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
0: Welcome back to She and Her. I'm Anita Rao. And I am Sandra
2: Davidson. And today we talk motherhood, something we've been on the receiving end of our entire lives, but definitely not something either one of us have practiced, except to
0: our dogs. We're great dog moms. We are. (laughs) (laughs) So a couple of months ago, Caroline, who is one of our closest friends from college, had a baby. And she's definitely the first in our immediate friend group from school to become a mother. And we have loved watching her step into that role. Caroline has us thinking a lot
2: about how one learns to mother. And today's episode is an exploration of that. You'll hear from Caroline and from my friend Arielle Copeland-Lubbers. Ariel and I met each other when we were in elementary school. And Ariel had her first baby when we were seniors in high school. She met her future husband, Robert, when she was 19 years old, and he brought a child to their relationship as well. Today, Arielle and her husband, Robert, have five kids between them, from two months old to 11 years old. We started our conversation by asking
1: what it was like to have a baby in high school. I never really thought that I would be that one, and then I ended up being that one. And, I mean, I didn't think of anything other than being able to have my baby and give him the things that I didn't have and the things that I wanted. And so I just, you know, I just handled business. Yeah. With a lot of help from my family because I do have a great support system, but I just didn't see any other way. I couldn't see myself taking any other routes, basically. Were there any moments during that pregnancy where you regretted the decision at all? Um, yeah, I think so, but... The good outweighed the bad. So I did. I feel like I did what was right for me. You know, at that time, I think I did the right thing. But I did have moments where I was pregnant and I was a senior in high school and I wanted to do senior things and girl things and teenage things. But I couldn't, But you know, I think I handled it good. (laughs) And so when you had him,
2: all of a sudden you had a child to take care of. How did you know what to do? Well...
1: (laughs) I had a lot of help and then I also I was about 11 years old when my sister was born so I feel like I had a lot of hands-on experience with her and I don't know you just kind of figure it out I winged a lot of stuff but you know it just kind of kicks in and it's like this is my baby I don't know it was just like a natural thing for me. One of the things you said earlier was that when you had Caden you
2: wanted to create something for him that you didn't have. Will you talk more about what you mean by that?
1: well, first of all i wasn't i wasn't raised in the house with both of my parents, neither of my parents actually, so that's something that I wanted him to have, and I don't think that that would necessarily make me any worse or any better, but it's just something that i want I wanted him to experience that and <clears throat> just like family things, like you know, I don't really remember too many like family trips, and like I just want I want him to have all that like I never went fishing until I got with my husband. And um, like beach trips, you know, like I just never we didn't do a lot of we did have a lot of family time. But as far as like going out and doing stuff, we didn't have a lot of that. So I wanted a lot of pictures, a lot of, you know, just life experiences with them. Are there particular characteristics that you wanted to be as a mother, like things that you really wanted? Oh, yeah. I had set a lot of expectations for myself that I probably failed at. Yeah, all the time. But What were those? Um, just thinking everything had to be perfect and thinking of, like, a certain type of, like, just a certain image of a mom and thinking that moms can't do certain things. Moms can't dress certain ways. You have to, you know, kind of lose yourself in the process, which you don't. You can kind of, you can do whatever you want to do, <laughs> literally. And when did you figure that out? Um, I'm probably still t- figuring it out, honestly, but... Getting older, I think, just with age,
2: that came. I, we, when we had our conversation earlier, you talked about how you kind of see yourself as the mother of your family. Whole family, fa- yeah. Your whole yeah. family. Yeah.
1: Why is that? I think it's because I'm always the, like, I do talk a lot of junk, and I always get on my brothers and sisters all the time. But I'm always open to, like, you know, they know they can come in my house anytime they want to. Anytime. They always do it. Three o'clock in the morning, they're there. <laughs> And, um, I don't know, maybe they see something in me that, maybe, yeah, I just think maybe they see the strength in me that I don't see all the time. But, um, it's always been like that. Is there a motherhood moment that you're especially proud of? I have so many. (laughs) I think... Just every day is, like, just moments that I'm proud of because me and my kids have such a good relationship. So they're literally, like, my, my best friends. Like, the summertime, I had tons of conversations with them about stuff that they probably shouldn't have been talking about. And even my son was like, Mommy, do you feel bad that all your friends have jobs and you just have to sit here and talk to a 10-year-old? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just glad I got a 10-year-old that can have a conversation with me. So that's good. That's a plus. How did you raise them to be so mature? I just talk to them like they're grown-ups. I've always talked to them like they were grown-ups. So, like, anything that goes on in our household, I never try to sugarcoat it. Of course, you know, de- they're different ages, so I have to tell them, explain them, explain stuff different ways to them. But I just always try to keep it as real with them as I can. Yeah, cause can you give us an example? Santa Claus. That's a good one because my husband was mad about this. <laughs> so I told my kids that Santa Claus does not exist. Santa Claus is not real, and we can still celebrate Christmas, of course, but I just had to tell them, like, I just got sick of lying line about that. That was stupid to me. That was a stupid lie. And then my oldest was like, well, I already knew that, but I'm still going to believe it anyway. So <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so now my, M- Bentley is probably going around telling all the kids at school that Santa Claus is not real, and the parents are probably going to be upset with me. But, <laughs> yeah, that was one of those things, like, Everyday stuff, I'm just not going to lie to them about anything. Like they know this world is a terrible place, and I've talked to my kids because my oldest is fully black, and my other kids are biracial, so I've explained to them about police brutality and being a black boy in America and how you know you have to look at things differently. And we've watched a lot of movies, like documentaries together, about different stuff about that. I just want him to be like aware of things, like not being a little bubble and think everything is so beautiful cuz it is, but it's ugly too. And me and my son watched Selma together and then I just looked over here at him and he was like this really happens and he was like boo hoo crying. This has been like years ago. Mm. And he was like boo hoo crying and I'm like, "Yep." And I didn't want to like force it on him to make him feel bad, but I mean, that's our reality like it's just that it is what it is, so I have to keep it as real as possible. <laughs> Is it a challenge that you have a biracial, like, what
0: are the the challenges of having a biracial family? I'm Uh from a biracial family, so I... And I live in Hornet County, so...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Well, um, we live in a country town, so I'm sure y'all know how that is. You get a lot of stares, and I don't think it's really, like, a, a thing where people are just nasty to me in my face, but I think it's one of those things that it's, like, you know, it's not, like, it's not the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing something wrong, but I'm not going to, like, just tell you you're doing something wrong. I'm probably going to treat you a little different or, you know, feed you with a long-handled spoon and kind of keep you, keep my distance but not be nasty to me. So, I mean, my family's good. My husband's family's good. So, I guess that's all that matters. And the people that are not good have to be good. So, I wouldn't know anything about it because I wouldn't deal with it. Do you get mothering advice from anyone yeah everybody even my <laughs> friends that I had kids way before them I'm calling them like "I'm like, you're the whole football team how do you not know this <laughs> um yeah I get mother mother advice from everybody from blogs to my friends one of my best friends she doesn't even have kids and I ask her stuff all the time so yeah anybody what's I'm the best to take piece of advice you've gotten just enjoy everything enjoy all the moments because it always flies by and it does because I literally feel like I just was in high school and I'm just thinking about high school stuff. And it's like, I got an 11-year-old. Like, how? How did that even happen?
2: I feel like there have to be moments where you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to handle what I've got to get done with all these kids today?
1: Oh, yeah. I just go and cry somewhere and then stop crying <laughs> and do what I got to do. Yeah, you have a lot of moments like that. So... I like to have a good cry every now and again. If it's in my car, if I have to go to the bathroom I'm just cry in the shower or turn my little gospel motivation playlist on and kind of like, <laughs> OK, you know, it could be worse. I could be. Yeah, it could be worse. So I just try to be thankful. How do you show your kids that you love them? Oh, I always hug them all the time. Like, I'm really physical. Like, I'm, they're always in my face. They're always hanging off of me. Or, like, and then my son, he has really, really huge lips. And he always still kisses kisses me in, the, in my mouth. And my <laughs> husband has little lips. And I'm like, your daddy lips? No, like, you got to stop kissing me in my mouth. Your lips are too big. Like, this is getting a little odd. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I am, like, I'm really, really physical. Like, my Eden, she normally sleeps in the bed with us. And Hendrix, he has his own bed. But... If I tell him to go to bed, he'll, like, get in his bed and, like, tap the side. Like, come on. This is your spot. (laughs) Like, lay down. (laughs) So I'm very, very, like, physical. And I think that I got a lot of love whenever I was younger. But I didn't get a lot of, like, physical, like, hugs and kisses. And, like, you know, I didn't get that. So I always, like, I'm probably OD, like, always in their face all the time.
0: What are you most anxious about sort of looking forward into your motherhood
1: future Eden's like prom (laughs) weddings um baby showers (laughs) (laughs) okay so you're going like
0: years out now yeah yeah yeah. well
1: I'm excited for things with the boys too but I just didn't think I was going to have a girl and like I said it was just things that I didn't experience that I just I'm just so excited about living that through her and maybe that's kind of like weird or obsessive, but I am. I mean, I had my oldest whenever I was 17, so nobody was like, yeah, you know, it's time to have a baby, Ariel. Nobody was giving me that little talk because it wasn't the time. And whenever me and my husband got married, it was kind of, um, and I don't want this to sound bad, but it was kind of like, I, for me, I feel like maybe people thought that y'all have been together, you got all these kids, like, that's the process, you know what I mean? So I don't feel like I had as much excitement for, like, those things as You know, as I, like, felt like I should have had, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for that. Like, I'm literally, like, super excited for prom for
3: her.
2: (laughs) That was Ariel Copeland Lubbers, a friend of mine from high school.
0: So Caroline sent us a little voice memo reflecting on how she's approaching being a mom right now, five months in.
4: Here's Caroline. Since I've been a mother, you know, I've been so interested in seeking out narratives about motherhood in the way that that other mothers have um, described their experiences. You know, I think so much of it is so intuitive that I wonder how how global are some of the things that I'm feeling. One narrative that I really have been, has been on my mind a lot lately is I, one of my mom friends sent me this amazing poem. I think it's called, To Be a Mother. And the author, is, her name is Allison Woodard. And um, my friend sent me this poem and I was like reading it at in my office at work and I just started crying because it was so powerful. It just felt like it was describing exactly what I had experienced. Um, well, there's a part of the beginning that talks about the the pain and exhaustion of labor and delivery and then turning right around from that and offering your body to your child, you know, if you're breastfeeding, or um, to soothe them and, and hold them and be that kind of solace for them, which was really hard. <laughs> but the part that stood out to me the most that I've been thinking about a lot is there's a line in it that says To be a mother is to be an artist. And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because I think it feels like such a creative endeavor, I guess, in a couple different ways. You know, this is a life that we created, and, you know, like we're truly guiding the way that, you know, our child is going to see the world. Another thing about it that feels really creative and artistic to me is kind of the idea that as a mother, you're the, the keeper of the memories of, of your child's life. And you can, um, you have the opportunity to kind of document and record that, um, so that you can share it later and say, look at these moments that I remembered for you, they're so important because you're so special and you're so loved. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tearing up just talking about it. Um, it just feels like such a huge responsibility, but at the same time, such an amazing um, opportunity to be an artist and and kind of weave together all these moments and help your child kind of know the story of who they are. You know, a lot of days I don't do nearly everything that I want to, but I just try to remember that maybe it's more about the feeling than it's about whether the you know house looks perfect or... Or whatever else it might be. Um, I just want my son to know how much we love him.
0: That's our friend Caroline Phillips-Janes talking about being a new mom. So we decided to ask our moms what their early motherhood philosophies were. Here's what they said.
3: I don't have a clear memory of thinking about the kind of mother I wanted to be other than a wonderful mother. I did know that I wanted to raise happy, healthy children who were going to be contributing members of society. And I do know that pretty early on, I'd started to believe that one of the things that would cause them to be happy and healthy would be for them to develop skills, life skills.
2: Life skills like Um, what?
3: Oh golly! Everything from knowing how to have enough confidence to go up and order something from a window. I remember you were pretty, pretty <laughs> unlikely to do that. You, know, uh-huh. you didn't want to answer the telephone. You didn't want to talk. Believe it or not, talk to people on the phone you didn't know. You, I think, you were shy about going to uh, a, a takeout restaurant and placing an order. But. <laughs> I know that sounds silly. No, it's it? true. I, but I
2: definitely was.
3: Yeah, but those were things that I thought you need. You know, you need to learn how to do that and feel comfortable with that. So, kind of little things like that, to things like, and I take absolutely no credit for this, but for you girls knowing how to drive a stick shift. That seems really silly, but <laughs> that's something that I thought. And your dad certainly was committed to the prospect, the proposition oh, that y'all needed to know how to do that. To You know, being comfortable, seeing different things, learning different things. And I I don't think I did enough of that, actually, with y'all. But that was important to me because I felt that that would be a positive for your development as a person and your sense of confidence and ease in the world.
5: The early philosophy that I had is something which is, Beautiful and deep and profound and almost like a sacred commitment to give myself wholeheartedly to a job, which I felt was the most important role that I had in my life thus far when I was a mom. So that felt like almost like a sacred bond. It was something quite beautiful. Um, and then, you know, you've, I felt like I was shaping the next generation. I was just going to love them and nurture them, educate, be a role model provide for all their needs, physically and emotionally, Um, you know, teach them things that I already knew and uh, to help them grow as a good person.
0: And you described it before as sort of this give everything without sort of taking a second to consider the implications of that.
5: Yes. Like... So, you know, once the child is born, just the, the the real, I had a real sort of zeal and a need to just put her needs above everything else. Like, that was the most important thing. There was no sense of a priority of, you know, well, I have a husband and, you know, I have a life and, you know, she has to fit into our life. It was the other way around. <laughs> she was the pinnacle and we were going to all rise up to you know, to care and be nourishing and just be everything that we could possibly be for her. And so I think in some ways that was a bit unrealistic, but that was my naivete as a young mom. But that was what I wanted to do. And I did still strive to do that. And it made me, it made me exceedingly happy. I was always grinning like a Cheshire cat in the pictures.
2: All right, y'all follow us at She and Her Radio on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher where you can find our entire show catalog and we'll be back
0: soon. See you soon.